G'day, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, the only national program focusing on union news, worker stories and social justice issues. This program is produced in Melbourne for 3CR on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Stick Together is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network with the support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Two reports this week. Protected action at ports around Australia as workers operating towage services at Spitzer push back against the company's move to slash their wages and conditions. While on the streets outside Reading's independent booksellers, workers are calling for a wage rise and no more union-busting tactics. Last Friday, August the 4th, members of three unions, the Maritime Union of Australia, the MUA, the Australian Maritime Officers Union, AMOU, and the Australian Institute of Marine and Power Engineers, AIMPE, convened a national Zoom meeting to discuss protected action across all ports in Australia. The almost unprecedented unity of the three sections of the crews employed by Spitzer Towage operating the towboats responsible for bringing massive tankers into ports should alert listeners to the heavy water that these workers are experiencing at the hands of the local subsidiary of one of the world's largest maritime conglomerates, A.P. Moller-Mursk. Big money trying to squeeze more profits out of an obscenely profitable industry by sacrificing worker safety and conditions, where the risk is on the workers and the profits goes to the international company working to a business plan that refuses to acknowledge the operational needs of the day-to-day industry. Switzer Towage began its tactical undermining of the industry when after the expiration of the Switzer National Towage Agreement 2016, when things looked like settling in 2019, the company refused to negotiate and placed a laundry list of unreasonable demands and threatened to slash the pay of its seagoing workforce by almost 50%. It sacked its entire workforce in Geelong Port, and outsourced hiring to a labour hire company. The latest action for Switzer is to take its submission to the Fair Work Commission to cancel its employment agreement with tugboat workers at every Australian mainland port. During COVID, it was heavily underlined how dependent Australia is on shipping as an island nation dovetailed into the global economic order. This strategic attack on the livelihood the safety and the work-life balance of some of the most essential skilled workers in our workforce by an international company should alert Australian workers to a vicious anti-worker business model that international business expects to propagate globally. It is not a lesson lost on the workers at the National Zoom meeting held on Friday. Three resolutions were passed unanimously. They were Resolution 1. This combined meeting of Spitzer tugboat employees calls on Spitzer Australia to withdraw its application to terminate the Spitzer Australia Proprietary Limited National Towage Enterprise Agreement 2016. Members of AIMPE, AMOU and MUA support the call of the three unions for Spitzer to use its time, resources and what's left of its good name to resume enterprise bargaining with its workforce under the Fair Work Act. 
Resolution 2. This combined meeting of Spitzer tugboat employees calls on the federal government to take immediate steps to amend the Fair Work Act to make enterprise bargaining fairer for the workers, as proposed by the ACTU. Most importantly, members of AIMPE, AMOU and MUA call for the amendments to prohibit employers from seeking to terminate enterprise agreements in the sole pursuit of lessening workers' pay and conditions. Resolution 3. The combined meeting of Spitzer tugboat employees calls on Spitzer Global CEO Casper Niels to join in person with the Spitzer Australian management team and take immediate steps to resume EBA negotiations to achieve a fair and mutually agreeable outcome, giving tugboat workers certainty in their employment with dignified wages and conditions. Stick Together spoke to delegates from the three unions after the Friday meeting. Okay, I mean, I know that the, what's happening for the towage industry with Spitzer, which is the largest employer in the area, um, it's, it's owned by an international company that's been making huge profits during the period, but now they want to remove your wages and conditions and take you back to the uh, modern award. I'd like to get your reflections on this. Look, we've been uh, negotiating for just over three years now, or coming up to three years. Um, negotiations have been back and forth. It started off, we, um, we went into the negotiations, um, and we weren't far off actually having an agreement in 2020, I think it was, February 2020. Then Spitzer came in and threw another 30 claims on the table, um, just to make things more difficult. Um, and basically change the landscape of the uh, towage industry altogether. The stress that it's put all the workers under is just unbelievable. Um, none of us have a certainty in our jobs anymore. Um, basically, you go into work, you do your job, and then you go home. We all used to hang around and have a bit of a chat, and it was a pleasant place to work. But these days, with the pressure that we're all under, it's just it's a disgrace what they're doing to us. And, and so it's unusual that this dispute's become so aggrieved that the three unions that are involved in uh, towage are now involved. So you're an engineer, so uh, this has become so serious for all parts of the crew. Yeah, so so I'm a delegate in, in the Port of Melbourne for the uh, Institute of Marine and Power Engineers. And what I see is that Switzer, um have come came here in 2007... But our conditions and our wages have been have been negotiated over forty and fifty years, so you know it's it's something that's been developed to provide Switzer with a reliable service, efficient service. They have tugboats twenty four hours a day, a safe service, and a safe service. And and the crews are are arranged uh, within rosters to to meet that service. And and I, I think this is what they don't un- understand. Yeah, that's what we're fighting for, to maintain the conditions that we've developed over the last 40 and 50 years. And you're an officer class, so it's affecting you as well. Yes, absolutely. I'm a master uh, and a representative of the Victorian Masters. Uh, What's disturbing through this, uh, to me, uh, about all of this is we're actually portrayed as being militant and um, it's quite right that the three unions have come together on this. But it's not actually that we're ever in great conflict amongst ourselves or indeed with our employer. 
um, you know, it suits certain elements of the media to p- portray us as three very separate unions and very, uh, you know, uncooperative with our employer. Nothing could be further from the truth. We've actually spent decades working very productively as three unions with a number of employers around the country to make ports run better, more efficiently um, and safely. And um, you know, on a day-to-day basis, most of us are pretty good mates and we get along very well. And that's the relationship we try and work through. Um, it's just a fact that um, these major, major you know, global uh, multinational companies make staggering profits. Uh, and they're doing that because they drive efficiencies. Their ships are getting massive. They really have to have 24-hour availability. But what's the crux of this? The Switzer's saying that they're not attacking wages and conditions. And it, it, it's smoke and mirrors because what they're saying is at the moment we're not going to attack the annual dollar rate and we get paid well. But in the background, what they're trying to do is they're trying and they're, they're succeeding through casualisation and turning our industry into a gig economy. They are, they're forcing employees onto a reduced hourly rate effectively and they're they're trying to get people available 24 hours a day but not actually pay them until they come onto the tug and do work. So the ports, Victoria, you know, you look at Western Port, Melbourne, Geelong, but there's a lot of other ports around Australia, they have dangerous goods coming in, massive tankers, massive container ships uh, that have to now operate 24 hours a day, come and go 24 hours a day But those schedules change. What these operators are trying to do is say, oh, there was a ship that wanted to leave at 8 o'clock tonight, but now it's not leaving till 2 in the morning. We're just going to call a crew up at midnight and say, come in at midnight, jump in your car, drive to work, even though you've been awake since 7 o'clock in the morning. It's against the law. There's a Crimes Dangerous Driving Act in Victoria that makes it a criminal offence. If anybody else in the community jumps in their car at midnight and they've been awake since seven in the morning and they lose control of their car, they kill someone at one in the morning driving to work, they can go to jail. They're the systems of work which this company has forced through contract hire, uh, labour hire organisation or supposed independent contractors in Geelong. They're rolling it out in Bunbury. Operators all around the country are trying to do this. So it's smoke and mirrors. We're not reducing the hourly rate, but people aren't getting, you know, 182 days of work anymore. They're getting dribs and drabs a couple of hours per day. This is a major staggering attack on employee wages and conditions. And you just imagine what that does to people's mental health, their short-term fatigue, risks of fatigue, you know, there's risks to all of the major organs of the body. They're talking about, you know, risk of dementia, heart attack, diabetes. None of that has been risk assessed. This whole industry, you know, through the pandemic for decades, we've taken very little, almost no industrial action because we're passionate about keeping Australia moving. But we're under massive attack now and it's affecting our health, our well-being. And if we come to work fatigued, we drive to work or home at two or three in the morning. We can com- kill communities, others in the community on the roads. We make errors in the ports. The ships run aground. The ships hit the Westgate Bridge. The ships hit a portainer crane, knock that down, close the port for three months while they, they bring in major lifting gear to clear a container out of Swanson Dock. 
None of that appears to be taken into account by these employers at the moment. So we're reaching out for help from the voters, from the public, from the media. You've got to understand how significant this is. It, it, it's um, incredibly dangerous work. I mean, it, it, the immensity of the work that you guys do is quite extraordinary to me. Uh, you were saying in your uh, resolutions that were passed that um, it seemed amazing how the Mertz uh, Spitzer owners are so disconnected from the operational staff that it's going to cause a major breakdown in supply chain effectively. That's right, isn't it? I mean, when you look at the work that we also do um, with the Portland Bay, uh, the ship up in uh, Newcastle the other day, I mean, that just goes to show the, the sort of extreme weather that we work in and the danger that we work under, not all the time, but that we, are, we have to make ourselves available for. So you're calling for the uh, global CEO of Switzer to come to do negotiations, Casper, because you're getting the runaround, aren't you? Absolutely. I think he's behind it myself, but um, we do want him to come out and um, take control of what's going on. It's three years, it's gone too long. Our members deserve better, all three departments. Um, Bill, Bill knocked it on the head. We, we have more interest in keeping the, uh, the game going than some of these managers do. They come and go, managers come and go all the time. They've got no um, management, have no regard. You know, we. we had a new port manager here that um, tried to bring the workforce back together because we're so um, disconnected with management and upper management's seen her getting too close to us and they sucked up. Three months. She, she was doing a great job bringing us back in, into um, some sort of unity um, within the management workforce. They didn't like it. They showed her the gate. So, so they reckon that... Uh actually running industries is just about uh, figures on a... Um, it's all about profits. Yeah, and so they have no idea about how their profits are actually made. No, they don't. They have no idea at all. I think what um, was just said, this is not just the local management teams in, a, in the ports or even in Australia. This is very much, I believe, a global strategy. They are really trying to get you know, maritime workers around the world onto the gig economy. And they've said that time and time again, that uh, we don't want to pay you when you're not doing towage. And what they want to do is say to their customers, our tugs and our crews are available at two hours' notice, 24 hours a day, but they don't want to pay the crew to be available. It's as simple as that. They want to pay us on an hourly rate when we're actually away from the wharf. You know, and, and you're right, it's like ice skating backwards in front of a steamroller or, or a Mack truck. That's the work we do. These guys are on deck trying to connect ropes in all sort of foul weather so the ships can come and go safely. You know, it's a high-risk job, takes great situational awareness, and they want you to just you know, pick up the phone at 1 o'clock in the morning, jump in your car and earn massive amounts of money uh, for them, uh, but just get paid an hourly rate as and when we need and you. And put you, yourself in danger. Yeah, and the problem is, with the casualisation of work, the workforce, people who are trying to pay a mortgage and, 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 and keep you know, uh, their life secure, they're the ones that say yes. 
It's the casualisation that is so dangerous because those people don't say no. When they get a phone call at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, they don't say no. And we've got evidence of that. Mm. It's a global strategy. Yeah. Even further to that, Bill, you know, we're undermanned in this port. Um, Guys are getting, you know, forced. Well, not forced, but pressure put on them to come back into work when they're supposed to be taking their leave, they're, which they're entitled Big to have. Time. Me and Adam, I'm sure Bill and um, Warwick are the same, got pressure put on us, demand these tugs, mm. when the port's just absolutely short of staff, short of, short of um, crews in this port. It's just ridiculous. So, so industrial action is going to be taken because, as someone said, if you don't deal with it now, it's going to be yeah. happening to every union, every worker right across Australia. Absolutely. I mean, we're making a stand not just for us at the moment, but I think for all unions around Australia with the uh, protected, with the uh, termination of the EAs. Yeah, yeah. So. so what does that mean for you? What's the industrial action for you? What does it mean for me? Yeah, yeah, like in Victoria, it's going to be... So we're doing a 24-hour stoppage today in Victoria, and over the weekend, uh, that's the MUA are doing a 24-hour stoppage. I'll let these guys explain what, what they have. We've also got um, bans on MERS vessels uh, Saturday and Sunday. Because they own Spitzer. Because they're the owner of Sitzer. Um So that, that, that'll put a lot of pressure on them around Australia, because that's not only in Melbourne, that's Australia-wide. Um, so... That's where we're heading at the moment. Yeah, so so, so the engineers have got um, a four-hour stoppage currently today in Melbourne, and that's um, we'll be continuing with the with the program coordinated with the other two unions. This is unusual, isn't it? Well, it's it's un, unusual f- for this industry. Um, but engineers don't go on strike, do they? Well, sometimes we have to because we we, we just can't seem to get any sense at the negotiating table, at the bargaining table, and we can't get the company to understand the issues on the tugs. And it was just mentioned before about the, the, the safety component on the tug. Well, you've got to understand that, you know, the deck is moving all the time. You're going, you're going um, out to a, a, a moving vessel, which can't, is very limited in its manoeuvring capabilities, and we've got to pull up beside it, and it's the master's skill to hold the tug steady, to, so that the the MUA members can get the deck, uh, get the the line connected. They have lines thrown down on their heads. You know, they've got to be very aware of of um, of their situation. And for the engine engineers in the engine room, you know, we've got to keep the machinery running. It's uh, you know that the the two two engines are, are spinning very quickly. And with the moving deck, you've got to watch, you've got to hold on. So there's lots of things that are happening around you and it's specific to this industry, you know. And also, as engineers and as officers, um, you're professionals and you are then responsible for the safety of all the others, aren't you? So if anything were to go wrong, it wouldn't be Switzer and it wouldn't be Mertz, it would be you, wouldn't it? For the, for the masters in particular... We are at law equally responsible as the ship owners. So if I leave the wharf, I've made that decision. I'm responsible. If I don't have a crew that's fit for duty and someone gets injured or killed, uh, I'm responsible. And that's criminal offence. There's hundreds of thousands of dollars of fines. There's jail terms at, at risk. And the systems of work, when, when 
the media or, or, or the owners talk about our operating procedures, port operating procedures, they've been developed over and refined over decades to suit specific ports. You know, Newcastle's tidal, you know, the sh big ships can only come and go around tides. Melbourne's 24 hours a day. We work with pilots that have discretion. Some pilots want two or three tugs. Some only want one. The weather's flat, calm. They get away with no tugs. Suddenly they want two tugs. We have to uh, rise and, and fall in our availability to, to meet those whims. Um, we haven't... I've been with this company for 22 years. This is the first time we've taken protected action, strike action. This is so unusual. We don't want to hurt the economy. We don't want to hurt the port or, or members of the public. Uh, so, you know, the deck officers, the AMOU, we're seeking further um, protected action options, and some of those are just to target Maersk ships. You know, we'll be with the others. We can shut the port down for four hours, eight hours, 12, 24 hours. We can just refuse to do overtime, but we're also seeking... Uh, approval to get um, action purely on Maersk ships. Like they made 14 billion uh, US dollars profit every quarter for the last year. That's staggering profits. Um, we want to target them. We want them to hear and the public to actually realise what's going on. Um, they can't chop our wages in half effectively and uh, have people on call at two hours' notice, no pay, and cause risks to the public and the ports and decimate our lives and get away with it. So that's why we're taking action. We want the reality to be to be heard. Since the, the agreement was terminated in 2019, not terminated, sorry, <laughs> since it expired 2019, there's been no wage increase for this industry for, th for the three years. That wasn't... What I was suggesting was that we haven't actually asked the company for a wage increase as yet. Um, that comment, conversation hasn't even been approached. Because they won't even come to the table, will well, they? Spitzer have offered us waging um, uh, certain percentages, but we haven't actually spoken about those percentages or even tried to negotiate wages with them yet. So for us, it's more about keeping our conditions and, and those sort of things and the safety in the job. Our claims were totally dismissed. Not one of our claims in the three departments were considered. They were just taken off the table and Spitzer came in with their, we call them the dirty 30. Yep. New claims after the pandemic kicked off. Absolutely. Disrespectful. It is. Very yep, absolutely. You're on Stick Together, workers' stories, union news and social justice issues. RAFU members, Retail and Fast Food Workers Union, following a recent victory at Better Red Than Dead in Sydney, were outside Reading's bookshop in Melbourne, where the management has backed down from the promised 4.6% wage increase offered to 2% with a two-year wage freeze. People were on the streets at its Ligon Street store on Saturday. Yeah, thanks everybody for coming out today to support the workers at Readings in their fight for a fair agreement. Uh, obviously it's been a, a long time coming uh, and a long time in the making that we can take the campaign public. Uh, so it's really fantastic that you've come out here today. I worked at Readings uh, for 11 years until relatively recently. Um, and I had a great time, made some of the best friends I've ever made in my life there. But one of the great things I have to say about not working there anymore <laughs> is that I can finally speak honestly, openly and publicly about the conditions of the company, what workers are doing there to try to change those conditions. You know, Readings, like a lot of different companies, has a really, really strict media and social media policy. So 
Uh, you're not allowed to say anything either at work or in public about anything that's going on there under penalty or under threat, I guess. Of termination, that's even just, I think, 24 hours ago, everybody who's working in there right now got an email uh, basically warning them not to speak to anyone out here today unless they'd run and pass management first. Pretty anti-democratic, actually, particularly for a bookshop which uh, makes a pretty penny from selling quite a lot of books about democracies. This campaign's been going for about five years. The very first time that Readings at Work has um, collectively stood together, I guess, was all the way back uh, in 2011. The Productivity Commission at the time had proposed reducing the minimum wage for retail workers, I think the base rate by like 10% or something, and removing weekend penalty rates. Workers at Readings got together, pretty modest actually, you would have to say, and collectively petitioned management to uh, publicly reject that proposal um, and commit publicly to not implementing those cuts if they did go ahead. Um, and pretty shamefully, to their eternal shame I guess, the company said no. So it was the very first small step, modest step, in a series of increasingly bigger and bolder steps that have brought us to the situation where we are today. Where the union is so thoroughly entrenched at readings, not just Carlton but in all the stores, that it's not going anywhere. Workers across the company voted to enter into negotiations to force the company into negotiations for a fair agreement, which is awesome. And a situation where management can't just unilaterally impose from above wage cuts whenever it feels like it, or whenever the government allows them to do it. So penalty rates have been cut, like, I think, on three different occasions. And on every occasion, um, there's been resistance here at the at readings by workers to try to stop it being implemented at this company. But every single time, the company has either implemented those cuts in part or in full. But the positive thing about it, and what I think everybody here gets today, but what Readings Management um, steadfastly refuses to understand, is that every time they either propose to or actually cut wages, and every time they target people for being uh, active in the union, or if they're just members of the union, uh, it drives everybody in there, and everyone at all the other stores too, closer to collective action, into the welcoming arms of the union, and closer to actually winning the fairer deal that we're definitely, definitely going to get sometime pretty soon. I'm so, so proud of everybody uh, who's working at the company for finally uh, making the very bold decision to take the campaign public uh, and make their demands publicly known that what they want is uh, a fair deal and enter this kind of unilateral wage cuts. No more stalling, no more union busting tactics, you know, that belong really in like a cartoon villain version of like, um, you know, Mr. Burns type thing. Uh, not for a company that markets itself as supposedly a progressive place. Uh, and into all that, and into that situation, where we can finally get a deal done and build a, a workplace that's fairer, better paid, more democratic, and somewhere people actually want to work. It's going to happen. It's that's happen it from Stick Together this week. You can catch up with the show at 3cr.org.au or where you get your favourite podcasts. Contact us at sticktogether at 3cr.org.au. I'm Annie McLaughlin. Join the Stick Together team next week for more workers' news. And remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. Stay safe and stick together. We will go out with a trap from a man who has just passed, but will never be forgotten. like a river You only read your soul I hope it's good what you give her in return for what you grow. Oh, I'm going down, down the river today. 
I'm jumping in the water, wash my sins away, and I'll end a story from long ago. Well, I'm jumping in the water, wash my soul in the river's flow. Ah, people moving like a river on its way. And we're sorry, all that you give her is nothing but tears and misery. Oh, I'm going down, down the river today. I'm jumping in the water, wash my sins away. I'll into a story from long ago Well, I'm jumping in the water Wash my soul in the river I better be careful What we give her Cause it's just like society For if there's a hope Hope for the river You know there's hope For you and me Like a river, you only reap what you sow. I hope it's good what you give her. 
in return for what you grow. I'm going down, down the river today. I'm jumping in the water. Wash my sins away. I'll listen to a story. I'm jumping in the water, wash my soul in the river's flow. I'm jumping in the water, wash my soul in the river's flow. 